and welcome to episode six of the Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. And I'm your host, Sean. Where two will enter and one will leave. <sighs> I hope they get better. <laughs> you guys are more enthusiastic. Two will enter, one will leave. Okay. <laughs> I'll work for Thunder Geek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Wawa Eggnog. I'm getting my nog on, bitches. <laughs> All right. So, let's talk about DVDs since... Uh, it is Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, December 4th, and uh, the new releases came out. And uh, the big one was, of course, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> and, of course, though, we said last week that the Broken Cow edition was supposed to come out, which it's not. Denied. Wow. I tried pre-ordering it, but Amazon said, oh, no release date at this time. So I made sure I emailed the updates. But, eh. That's fine. I still went out and got the Best Buy selling the steel case Dark Knight Rises with the broken cow on it. And comes with a bonus um, documentary. Now, when you say broken cow, it's the image on it's the, the case. Image. Okay. image on the case. It's not in like a physical broken cow, which would kind of be neat, but yeah. it's just a steel book with the cover of the poster of it, you know, the rain coming down. You see the broken bits of the cow. You know, that was the big release. Plus, uh, for Star Trek fans, the Star Trek The Next Generation se- second season came out in blu-ray today as well which i picked up okay now we briefly i think talked about in the past but if we didn't what's kind of neat about this is the fact is that they went back to the show and re-edit the whole show for blu-ray or for hd yeah they, they, i guess re-editing is kind of a iffy phrase because all they did was they just tweaked the um special effects mm-hmm. and then it's not like they just kind of recut the episodes and just you know tweaked it you know made it nicer for blu-ray the picture looks gorgeous you know before we started doing podcasts, I brought in a little the sampler of the first season to show right. you, and it was just stunning how gorgeous it looks. Right, right. And that kind of got me hooked on the going. Okay, I guess I'll have to get all the rest. <laughs> I don't, I don't own the original series. I keep thinking oh, I should go back and do get that as well. And I'm not a fan of Deep Space Nine. I never could get into that one, so I might skip over that one. Voyager, <laughs> again. Never really did for me. Though Jerry Ryan of Seven and Nine was the big draw, you know, at the right, time. Right, of course. Um, and then Enterprise, I kind of liked, you know, because it's got Baculas, the Captain Archer. Mm-hmm. But I never really could get into it because it was always on that time when I was either doing something else that was more important than Star Trek. Oh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> what was more important than Star Trek? Video games or oh, okay. I was going out <laughs> with the friends, drinking or, you know. <laughs> So those were the, and I also picked up two. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I got on good, reliable source, namely my sister, mm-hmm. of a movie called VHS that just came out on Blu-ray. Okay, it's a horror movie. Okay, and from the, I saw the trailer, and the trailer scared the crap out of me, and that's very <laughs> rarely does that because I'm a jaded movie watcher where I go, yeah, yeah, music cue, bad guy slash kill, oh blood, you know. <laughs> And I don't fall for the paranormal activity movies where it's basically a, a 90 minute YouTube video where it's look at the cute little kitties, boo, <laughs> you know. But this one kind of is like a found footage kind of story mm-hmm. where from the trailer again, this is just based on the trailer. Guys break into a house to steal a video cassette and they find a bunch of video cassettes and they don't know which one they need, so they start popping in video cassettes to take a look. And you're kind of seeing what they're seeing. It's kind of like a like creep show in a way. Okay. Or the old movie um, Trilogy of Terror, where it was like a bunch of stories intermixed with a bigger story. Right. My sister loved it. She was like, I think there's like four or maybe five stories. One of them she didn't like, but the other ones were really good. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a video on demand release. But now they actually were able to put it onto Blu-ray. So I was like, let me pick that up because the trailer alone scared the crap out of me. Okay. Cool. Um, so those were my, my three purchases. Also, two that came out on today on DVD was uh, Finding Nemo. Right. The Disney Uber five-disc because it, got, it has to be Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray DVD, special features, digital copy combo extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Those are the big ones. I mean, I'm sure if you look, you know, if you go to our webpage, we usually have a, a link to 
a site where it gives us release dates. Right. Digital bits. Digitalbits.com. Yeah, it's a very good site. It's a very good site because it does give you future release dates. So in case you want to know, hmm, when does Looper come out on DVD? You hit that and then you can kind of see, you know, click on the release dates and I'll show you when it comes out, which in case you're wondering, I think comes out at the end of December. Right. Yep, those are the DVD releases. Okay. Also, video game-wise, oh, okay. um, for people who are gamers, Far Cry 3 came out. Um, the Mass Effect trilogy for the PlayStation 3 came out, mm -hmm. which is basically Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 uh, on disc, I mean, for games. The thing is that the first Mass Effect was never done for PlayStation because okay. it was a Microsoft-only release at the time. But they went back, polished up the graphics, you know, to kind of... So now you can actually play each game individually rather than anybody who bought Mass Effect 2 kind of had like a digital comic where you had to make your decisions and those decisions you made in that little comic affected the game in the, sequ the sequel the, sec the actual game itself right uh, also too for the Wii U um, I picked up this uh, Avengers game it looks like a standard fighting game okay but you know, it uses the touchpad where, you know, if I want to do, like, a special move, I just run my finger over the touchpad and do the little zip, 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 zip. Now, I think that's available on all platforms now, isn't it? Or I think it's a Wii U exclusive. Really? Yes. Okay. Because because of the, I think because of the touchpad, mm -hmm. the whole, if I want to do, like, let's say, I haven't, again, haven't actually sat down to play the game yet, but from what I read, if Spider-Man has, like, a special move, I touch, like, the pad, like, left, swipe over to the right, and then maybe, like, make a... <laughs> inverted Q for all I know <laughs> and, but the thing is that kind of to me makes it a little easier than anybody who's ever played Mortal Kombat on any platform where it's like to do a fatality it's left left right up down X Z P Q <laughs> spin around in a circle to, you know stand on one foot yeah to hear fatality you know <laughs> we'll see how that goes maybe I'll give you an, maybe I'll do an update next week okay <laughs> So, and there's no, uh, go to TV news, no catfish update because Sean was lazy and didn't watch the episode yet. <laughs> Boo. So we'll have to do a double next week. Yep. So, okay. A double shot of catfish. Woo-hoo. <laughs> so sorry, sorry to all you catfish fans out there that wanted to hear our take on yeah, it. Yeah, all threes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? What else I got? Well, speaking of video games... Let's you know let's 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 explore that a little bit more in terms of uh, last week you picked up a few titles as well right like no yes I did <laughs> it's just been a while so it's been a week I kind of after I buy it as soon as the All day's right. over I kind of forget it well, let's let's well, no, let's well, go with uh, what like you've been playing a lot of games the last couple weeks a lot of games so what was your top picks of the week I guess well um always been an Assassin's Creed fan mm -hmm. even from the first game you know. But Assassin's Creed 3, I love it. I mean, there's some weak parts. It's not a lot of assassinating, okay. but it's a lot of, you know, climbing trees and jumping on somebody and slit their throat, which is always fun. <laughs> you know, for the people that are interested in Assassin's Creed, they did, I did just see in stores Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations, which were kind of like they call the Ezio's uh, trilogy. Right. Which, if anybody plays the game, you actually play this character. They actually put it into one big package. Okay. So you can actually get three games for the price of one now at that point. Okay, good. Right at that point. So I would highly recommend getting that if you've never played an Assassin's Creed. You can forget the first game because the first game was kind of repetitive and it wasn't... You can tell it was like a starting point from something. Right. But two, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations is really just three really good games. Okay. I would say Ezio is like my favorite character out of the three that I've played because in this one you're a Native American Indian, Connor, and it's like, all right, he's kind of badass, but he plays a Native American Indian, so you can, during the Revolutionary Wars, you can kind of see where this is going. Okay. <laughs> like, how, how, how good are we, are we with, with American history? Pretty good. I mean, how accurate do you think the game is? Well, that's, that's the beauty of Assassin's Creed series, is they actually do take historical fact and weave a story through factual evidence mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, it, like, not only do you play a game, but you also get a little bit of history involved. Like, you did it, you do kind of interact with George Washington for a little bit. You uh, help Samuel Adams with a couple missions. Make a beer? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do, um, you do participate in the Boston Tea Party. Okay. You know, so you're, one of your missions is to dump tea off the thing while trying to defend a couple guys. You know, when during the game you come across basically historical landmarks and you can go into like an, um, almost like an encyclopedia file. Okay. To actually read up on these people, the historical features of the people and the places that are in the game. 
Oh, okay. So, so you get your history lesson playing a video game. Really, and they did that. They did, have done that with all the from the second on forward. Oh, okay. Like the Ezio was basically during um, the Renaissance period in Italy. So you're seeing all this great landscape, all the all the Leonardo da Vinci is in it. Mm-hmm. So you get like a little history about him. So it does kind of have like this historical feel to it. I guess maybe I'm more of a romantic because I like the Renaissance time more than I like the Revolutionary War time for some reason. Okay. I mean, the places are nice. You hit New York and Boston. You did visit Philly, which is, you know, a hometown. Since it's our hometown, I always go, Philly represent, yo. <laughs> Now, it's a fun game, just fun in general. Okay. I'm, I'm always, and they're pretty good with keeping their promise of putting a new game out every year. So this time next year, you'll hear me talking about whatever Assassin's Creed 4 is. Well, it might be something else like Assassin's Creed 2, it came Assassin's Creed Brotherhood because it dealt with the same person. Right. So they might have like a subcategory, like it might be Assassin's Creed Revolutionary War, you know, who knows? <laughs> Civil War. Yeah. I mean, it, it does lend itself to, like, I, you know, playing the game, I kind of wonder where they're going to go next, like, as far as just the scope of the game. Okay. Because you can do a Civil War Assassin's Creed. You can do World War One, World War Two guy. I would like to see a Wild West version. Oh, I mean, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. like, during the Gold Rush. Just yeah. to see, like, you know, having him instead of, like, a, a semi-looking duster. That would kind of be kind of neat. I mean, you get to ride, what's nice about this one, you actually ride horseback, you go hunting, you know. So it gives you those, it can give you those opportunities for the next game. In sure. A way, if and, you did the Wild West. Sure. And I mean, I can also see him going, you know, like, right now you're dealing with a modern character who's being flashed back into the past. Mm-hmm. But I can see them taking a giant leap and being, like, going to, like, let's say 100 years from now and have a character to do more modern stories. You know, like, today's, like, you know, the Germany during the breaking of the wall. Okay. Well, you know, you just mentioned that, that you know, it's somebody in the present that goes into the back of the past type of thing. Could you explain that more a little bit in terms for the audience that doesn't play Assassin's Creed and maybe give them an understanding of it? Sure. The, the idea is that the key to our history isn't through our history books. It's through our blood. Mm-hmm. That you're... Whoever your relatives were, your ancestors, all their memories and all their experiences still live within us, and they're tapped through this thing called the animus, which basically hits a part of your brain and part of your body that opens up those memories. Mm-hmm. That's through the bloodline. Okay. So even though like your your main character is Desmond, but he's strapped to a machine, reliving the memories of Connor. Okay. So and his and before Connor, it was his relative Ezio. You know, see, like, so Connor's... A oh, direct... so, so the guy in the present is, is the main focus of all the characters yes. going way back into the, almost the beginning, or could you say the beginning? Yeah, okay. almost the beginning, because the whole thing, another plot they kind of threw in, which was kind of funky, was that they're, ap- they're after these pieces called the, um, basically, the apple of the first civilization. Theory is, is that we weren't the first people on Earth. There was another society before us. Okay. And that they left these things because of some world catastrophe. Okay. And the assassins are designed, are there to protect it, while the Templars, who are always play a bad guy throughout history, mm-hmm. are trying to use those pieces for their own gains to try to manipulate who's in power, how money's distributed. You're basically, you know, your basic power corrupts, and these guys, the assassins, try to prevent that from happening. Okay. But so you kind of play through the, the main character th- through his memories. That's kind of like like for Assassin's Creed 3, the main plot is they're using uh, 12, 21, 12, which was supposed to be the end of the Mayan calendar, supposed to be the end of all existence. Right. My job as Desmond is to try to find this piece through, you know, this piece to help save from a te- catastrophe that's going to happen on that date. Okay. Which is supposed to be the end of the world. Right. Kind of thing. But you don't know where that piece is and you're you have to go back into the past to find out where that piece is, to be able to f- discover it, where it's buried in the future. Or oh, in your, your, in your, in your present. present time, okay. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I haven't finished a game yet, so I'm kind of in that position, because like, as soon as I get into like Assassin's Creed 3 mode, I picked up Hitman Absolution, and I'm like, oh, let's play Hitman. Oh, yay. <laughs> and then like, I just picked up Far Cry, so I was playing Far Cry 3 for like an hour, going, this is great, you know? <laughs> and then I really should get back to Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed 3 because, <laughs> nice tongue tie, because I'm getting the feeling that I'm almost finished the game. Like, okay. you get that feeling like something big's coming, I gotta get to it. Like, so, that's the Sean's Video Corner. Video, video Game Corner. <laughs> is there any other games that you'd like to mention that, you know, uh, well, that you played in the last couple of weeks, maybe, or a month? If you like storyline, um, the, definitely the Mass Effect trilogy is good. 
Okay. And it's very, it's a very um, best way to describe it would be like a Gears of War role playing game. Okay. You know, like a Dungeons and Dragons, except you have a gun, shields, and rifles, and armor, and it's a big space adventure. But it's, it's a very proof. But what's good about the game, which I've always loved from day one, and Bioware, who's the creator of the game, mm-hmm. has always done this beautifully is your actions that you do in game one directly affect things that happen in game two. Mm-hmm. And then this, your decisions based in game two directly affect your the gameplay in the third one. Okay. So there's like I've played all three games, you know, in in the past, and just recently they came out with a box set of all three games, which I had to pick up because it, it really is a good game. Okay. But some of the some of the decisions I made in the second game affected in the third game came as a shock, and I was like, oh my god, like you actually, and I get pulled into a good story. Mm-hmm. The weight of your decisions are heavily. You can't just go in. Oh, I'm going to be a bad guy. Let me do that. You know, or I'm going to pick this as a goof because what happens directly affects the next game. So you, it's almost like you're weighing your conscience. Like, well, how do I want to do this? If I save them now, they could be killed off in the next game. Okay. You know, and then it kind of defect. You know, like there's a certain characters that went through all three games and then you could make a decision in the in the second game that either have them die in the second game or die in the third game and you get affected by that i was surprised at how affected i was on certain plot lines going oh crap i can't believe that just happened how could i have avoided that you mean if i made this decision in part one this wouldn't have happened in part three holy crap wow you know so it really does kind of lend towards this whole universe okay so that would be my my overall pick okay great Great. Sounds like a good game, a good trilogy to pick up and try out and play. And, and it's not, It's you don't need to be very game tech savvy. You can pick it up and it's really easy to handle and it's basically shoot them point over the shoulder. It's not like a first person shooter. Okay. You actually see your guy and running through the town going pew, 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 pew. Now is that available on uh, platforms? It's like a- uh, available for PlayStation 3 and Xbox. Okay. And the Mass Effect 3 is for the Wii, the Wii U actually now. There's no real difference. With the Mass Effect 3 for um, Xbox, they use the Connect capability, which you can actually do voice commands, where you can go shotgun, and your shotgun will, you'll draw your shotgun. Okay. You know, and there's like a lot of conversation in, in the game. So instead of actually clicking on A, B, or C, you mm-hmm. know, response, you can actually read what's on the screen as a almost like a script. Oh, okay. So it'd be like, you know, you could, you know, one character go walk in and go, well, how are you feeling today, Shepard? And you can sit there and go, I feel great. And then they would pick up that conversation from what you just said. So it's more of like an interactive experience where they're sucking you more into the game. Right. We're not just selecting buttons like, you know, yeah. some of those button masters that just, yeah. you know, I mean, hit they, AAA or, you know. And then again, that's what BioWare is really good at making you feel pulled into a story rather than just playing a story, more like living it. Okay. Well, that's a good game. Yeah, right. very good. Let's see. Do you want to talk about uh, the movie you saw over the weekend? Eh, sure, why not? I saw uh, Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. Honest, it was an okay film. Nothing great about it. It wasn't like uh, uh, Brad Pitt as a gun-toting maniac killer that I was kind of hoping for. Like you see in the trailer almost. Like, yeah. You got that impression. The trailer does kind of lead towards this whole Brad Pitt centralized uh, hitman movie and it doesn't really lend to that when you actually watch it on the screen it's more like a heavy drama a little bit of a dark comedy in some places and he's hardly i mean i'm not gonna say he's hardly in the movie but he's in the movie as a predominant character that predominant character maybe only has like 30 minutes of screen time versus the peripheral characters that may spend like i said ray Liotta's in it hour and a half movie maybe a little over an hour and a half he's maybe in it for like 15 minutes total mm-hmm. you know if you're a ray Liotta fan you kind of feel kind of like gypped and i and they all play gangsters like James Gandolfini's in it as a hitman but he's a drunk so it's like seeing Tony Soprano so you get kind of chuckles out of that seeing him being a mobster again but he's damaged goods so okay. it's, it's not really like you're not seeing Tony Soprano but you're seeing a mobster played by the guy who was Tony Soprano <laughs> <laughs> but I mean if, if you like it's definitely a, it definitely had an independent movie feel Okay. Yeah, because it had so many. You can always kind of tell what kind of movie you're in for, depending on how many opening logos happen before you actually get to the movie. (laughs) Like Warner Brothers, it's usually the Warner Brothers symbol right into the movie. Yeah. Same with Universal. It's like, bam, here's our symbol. Disney's that way. Ooh, look, here's the castle. Now here's the movie. This one must have had like four or five different production companies, uh, and all no name companies like Bob and Joe's Production Company, (laughs) Mama Cass's. Sandwich making company, you know, like things like that. <laughs> so it did feel like it was definitely an independent film. It's like a sleeper, which I think that, you know, it's going to be, I think, already tanked in the theaters. Really? 
yeah, I mean, it didn't do anything because it really wasn't it wasn't advertised, I think, correctly because we've talked about this about John Carter. Right. We saw a poster for it, my father and I, because we, we do Sunday movies. We saw a poster for it, like almost like the middle of the summer, and we're like, "Ooh, a Brad Pitt in a you know gangster movie. It should be pretty good." Right. It, but it wasn't until like the middle of like, November before I saw the first commercial for it for a movie that was going to come out at the end of October, and it was like, "Okay, all right, let's go see it." <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. That, okay. was, that was the movie of the week. All right, so I mentioned the Star Trek Next Generation Season 2 coming out on Blu-ray. Yes. Out of the whole history of Star Trek, we're talking about from the Spock, I need your help era to the Engage era through the other incarnations right. in history. And I reason I have to say that because I can't do any other impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> where, do you, where do you kind of feel like it was the best? I would have to say the Next Generation. Because that's the one I watched when I was a kid with my family. So I always remember every week sitting down in front of the TV. Because back then, not everybody had a TV in their own right. room, you know, room kind of thing. And everybody sat down together as a family. And I remember just watching it, even with my dad and my mom, you know, kind of thing. And I don't know if my mom was watching it, but I know my dad was, and my brothers were, and my sister. And it was just one of those things you just you just sat back and watched, you know, kind of thing. It was just amazing you know because of the technology at the time was so futuristic or you thought it was so futuristic you know as a kid you're like wow like this is just, like totally new did you watch the original series at all yes i did watch the original series you know when it was on cable or uh, you know repeats and different channels okay hold on for a second let's back up here because you're you mentioned the word cable like yeah. to me watching star trek the original series was on uh it, there was no cable at the time. Okay. Well, maybe I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking probably differently than you were. Probably, because you know, I remember watching it at, like, during lunchtime. I went to an elementary school and lived... My elementary school was right across the street from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And during lunch, I would come home for lunch. I would go there for lunch. Right. You know, so turn the TV on while I'm eating, you know, lunch. Yeah, it was probably on, like, a like a 29 it, or 17 yeah, or something like that. It was basically yeah, kind of... secondary your, stations here. Which now is the Fox or UPN 57. Yeah, like, the, at least for our local channel is for your area. Mm -hmm. For us, it's Fox 29 and uh, UPN 57. It was for... Back then, it wasn't even Fox. It was, like, WOG something. Right. You know, where you used to get the classic... You know, Kirk, you know, that. You know, the big fight scenes and the overacting. Because I remember when they came out with the. Continue. Yes, I kind of go in there where every time I'm playing a video game or an action fight, that music plays in the back of my head. The inner monologue. Left punch, right punch, left punch. Kick to the groin. <laughs> but I remember when they were doing The Next Generation, I, because I watched so many episodes of the original, right away I was one of those people that was like, okay, well, Picard's not Kirk, mm -hmm. you know, but they kind of made Riker kind of Kirkish esque. The womanizer going into, like, he's the kind of guy who would shoot first, then ask questions. Right. You know, right. and then I felt like the whole um, Spock, they split into two people with Deanna Troy and Data. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you have the emotional empath and the, you know, cyborg. Right. Well, you the know, android. The android cyborg, sorry. <laughs> you know, so... It nothing kinda, human about him. <laughs> no, nothing human about him. There was no, there was no Scottish... There was a Scottish engineer for a little bit. Yes. You know, well, he was a transporter chief. Right. We got to give him something. Right. You know, but uh, I just kind of remember going, okay, well, then there's that guy, there's that guy. Oh, they make McCoy a woman, but she stole... Damn it, Jim. Damn it, Picard, he's dead. You know? <laughs> And then, of course, everyone's favorite, Will Wheaton, Wesley Crusher. Yes. Which never bothered me. It never, never really bothered me as a character. No, I mean, it didn't bother me either. I thought it was, it was always interesting because it was more like his perspective at some points in some of his the storylines. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like as a kid, you know, I could relate to him being kind of like the, well, not my, like the boy genius type aspect of it. But like the you know the wonder of of seeing things like for the first time, sure. you know, kind of thing. So that really was a neat aspect of it. And if you think about it, though, I mean, to go back to the original, I mean, my favorite one, obviously, it's going to be it is the next generation. Even though I will refer to the original one, mm -hmm. because if you think about technologically sound, the original was like you had the communicator, mm -hmm. you flipped up, flip top open, you know, sound Spock, I need you, right. like beam us up, Scotty. Right. You know, kind of thing, which, yes, I know never was once uttered on the show. 
But the idea is that, the, and then in the next generation, the communicator mm -hmm. became this whole like you know tap on the shoulder, For the badge, the yeah. badge thing. But if you think about telephones, like the iPod or the i the iPhone, or even the flip up razor phones, mm -hmm. those were all like communicators. If you yeah. think about it, you know even now with Bluetooth technology, you pretty much just tap your ear and you're on the phone. Right. No, then if you think about it, just put it on your shoulder, in your chest, and hit that, and you're connected. Right. You know, so in a way, Star Trek kind of led the path to some of the modern technology we have today. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, yeah. I, and I, I know if you go back to a lot of those inventors, they would say Star Trek was a influence in their lives, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if Steve Jobs was, but a lot of his innovations were that. I mean, the iPad. I mean, there was times in the next generation where they had like a little pad where they were sure reading books. You know, the first like you know Kindle was on the yeah, Star Trek the next much. generation. Or when they transport, it was basically almost like a touchpad. They just slid their fingers up a panel. Mm -hmm. So I mean, technically, yeah, that was kind of like the first touchpad. Yeah. So late eighties could uh, could be the could have been the birthplace of the smart glass. You know, that right. iPhone decided to steal from. <laughs> <laughs> but now, how do you feel about the like I have to admit, I'm a fan of the first Star Trek movie, the um, the new one with J.J. Abrams directed. Then you know, rebooting the series, I guess, with Kirk and Spock. Right. I thought that was a great movie. No, it was a good movie. I mean, I mean, you know, I wouldn't put it as like one of my top Star Trek movies. What's your top Star Trek movie? Um, <laughs> as bad as it's going to sound, the Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Uh, that's actually not bad. I think that's everyone's favorite one. Yeah. Like especially after the first one, because the first Star Trek motion picture was so boring well bizarre because i have sees now running star trek movies on their channel so if you happen to catch it uh actually i don't know it might, it might be off the air now but i know i know a couple <laughs> of shows on movies are on today would it be topical yeah <laughs> <laughs> should have done this a month ago anyway um but uh they, they were running a show so i actually watched all the movies again just to just to kind of catch up and you know every time a Star Trek movie's on I'll watch it I'm, I'm the same way you know when I saw the first one I'm like wow like that's the most bizarre <laughs> movie well, ever how did you figure bizarre because you know, so like, was... well they when they were they were going into finding out what V'ger was right in the movie and uh, spoiler it was Voyager 1 wasn't it yeah, yeah. The, the, no it's uh, Voyager 7 Voyager 7 sorry yes. And uh, when when Spock had to go out there because he wanted to go in and he put the jetpack on okay. and that whole weird scene it was like a, comes to me like a a drug scene you would see in a, sure. in a cop movie <laughs> right uh, it was like kind of bizarre so so stuff like that those those aspects made the movie a little bit to me bizarre you know kind of thing it, it didn't fit with the rest of the show the original Star Trek show I remember watching that kind of thing some of the aspects were similar. Okay, I'm going to blame this, and people are probably going to hate me for this. I blame Gene Roddenberry. Really? Yeah, because if you watch any documentaries on the first movie, mm -hmm. he, I think, wrote the story or or direct, didn't direct it, but he was a very highly influenced, influential in making that movie. Okay. So, to, and to him, it was all about man expanding itself and becoming better than what, it, what they are. Mm -hmm. So it was very, not technical sound, but it was very, like, emotional attachment like Voyager 7 was a probe that we sent back in time to figure not time but sent back in during the movie was 1979 I think it yes it was during the time when the show was on air versus when the movie was at we sent out a Voyager 7 to collect information on the universe right that was kind of like before the Hubble you know telescope and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and it was just sent out to try to gather as much information as possible and then apparently at some point in the movie you find out it, really, it hits upon a, a planet that helps rebuild and sends it back to its like creator, almost kind of like we want you to find God, in right. a way. So it was very like highbrow kind of science fact versus science fiction, mm -hmm. and I think that no, everybody kind of walked out because there's an extended version of that too. Really? Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, they trimmed a lot of the beauty shots of the Enterprise, but it was like I just remember walking out because I was a kid, I was nine years old, mm -hmm. um, seeing it going. I didn't get any of that. Like there was no walked out. The only thing I could think of was the sexy bald headed chick. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that was pretty much it. She was the she was the hottie of the movie. And I'm just going, something's wrong. I'm I, I know I'm nine, but I kind of thought she was kinda of cute. But again, it was like the only real woman in the, the movie. You know, the low cut 
top and sorry talking to a guy who got turned on as a kid watching Jersey and the Pussycats <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there was no action there was no oh my god what is this right <laughs> you know it just kind of like and then I think because but you have to do I, I will say this you wouldn't have had a Star Trek the motion picture if it wasn't for Star Wars true because Star Wars was in 77 and that jump started the science fiction franchise as more of a serious movie rather than the attack from Mars <laughs> kind of aspect of movies. So if it wasn't for that, the popularity of Star Wars, you wouldn't have had the Star Trek Next Generation, the Star Trek, the motion picture. Mm -hmm. But then you wouldn't have had the Wrath of Khan, which a lot of people, I mean, I love that movie. Yeah. You know, especially that, uh, even today, I'll pick up my phone, I'll just go, Khan! <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you know, and then of course you know, like and then they did the third one, the fourth one, the fourth one. I heard people like too. That's when they go back in Wales. There'll be Wales here, <laughs> you know. Nuclear vessels. Nuclear vessels. <laughs> and I, you know, like if you had to, if you had to sit down to somebody who's never seen a Star Trek movie or a show, mm -hmm. how would you introduce them? Like, would you say watch this movie, watch this show, or how would you introduce them into Star Trek? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably the best way to do it is is kind of give a, a brief synopsis first, because you know you you know you wouldn't want to hand somebody a movie because it's just like you don't want everything to 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 just rely on this one movie because as a as a I mean from like two to four okay. I'm gonna say. <laughs> the was, whole three movies. The whole three movies. I mean, because it was five as well. The Undiscovered right. Country, which uh, to me is that Undiscovered Gem. <laughs> Just <laughs> every time that's on, it's William Shatner directed it, and people say it's the worst of the series. But I don't know. I find it very funny. Like it does. It focuses more on the three of them being friends for all those years, which I think is the main focus of the the, the what made the show so popular. Mm -hmm. But uh, to me, every time it's on, I gotta watch. I, you know, because it's Kirk doing his acting. I need to know. But getting back to what I was trying to say was sidetracking my my Kirk. <laughs> is the fact is is that like that really kind of streamed through the two to four was really one of those. It was kind of like episodes watching th three long episodes sure. basically, and you felt that like it continues on like here's the next episode I mean especially from going from three to four because they had to bring Spock back. Well, first actually Spock dies in two spoiler. And then, you know, they have to bring him back to life in three. And then, of course, as they're going back to basically get court-martialed because they could, they weren't supposed to go back to where they were Spock's body Kirk was. Being, Kirk being the rebel that he is said, screw you, Federation, I'm getting my buddy. Right. <laughs> So it was. It was. It was. It was. Those three movies to me are the most enjoyable of the whole series. Like, why hand those people those three movies? No, you know, like right. I think because it's just like they are dated. And even though they were made around the same time, the next generation was out on, on TV. Sure, you know, kind of thing. I probably say, you know, here's Star Trek. Give a give a brief synopsis of you know us going out of the space, exploring, finding you know strange new worlds and right. new life and. New civilizations yeah, yeah, yeah. fully going where right. no going. one has gone before <laughs> sorry so like you know you, you so you, you'd have to break it up because it's like okay first they had the original series in the 60s which was very good in terms of their own right in you know beginning but like people today would be like well it's such an old show it doesn't really hold up in terms of technology of today. Sure. Where Star Trek Next Generation still kind of holds up. I mean, you know... You I, I gotta say, watching watching season one of the Blu-ray, mm -hmm. it did make me kind of appreciate the show more because I wasn't... I was a fan of the show, but I didn't watch it religiously every week. So there was a couple episodes I'm watching the first season go, I don't remember that. Like, I remember the key points of, like, the introdu introduction of Q, uh, the introduction of Lore, which was Data's brother, mm -hmm. and then... They introduced the Borg, I think, in season two. Just that kind of like, there was a couple episodes of I'm going, I don't remember that episode. It was actually pretty good. Like, mm -hmm. where was I that night? Like, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I was out like, actually in the real world with friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, I would probably have to go with the J.J. Abrams. If you if you want to get introduced into Star Trek, watch the J.J. Abrams one. To me, like, J.J. Abrams pulled off what could be the greatest magic trick in, of all time. Because people who love Star Trek 
are so into the star dates, the continuity, mm-hmm. the time periods and stuff like this. And what J.J. Abrams did in that movie kind of went, okay, I understand that if any changes that I make that I want to do differently has to be explained to the legion of fans before, so, so they can enjoy the movie. Right. Because you don't want that guy going, prime example, it's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Kirk's birth, his parents, his father dies in the J.J. Abrams version. Right. In the original show never happened his father you know he grew up father mother that whole bit Mm -hmm. but the beauty what jj abrams did with the whole you know time kind of manipulation of time Mm -hmm. said okay you know what you can still have all that star trek history and that's still valid because we're doing an alternate universe story that this did not have that that the star trek you know and love happened on a completely different dimensional plane okay so that a person go like one of the big things in the original star trek was the old evil version like if you knew kirk was bad because he had a mascara on his eyes like you know <laughs> or spock had the goatee right he was bad bad spock right so you knew that there was alternate dimensions right you know like mirrored worlds or whatnot so what he did with this plot line was able to kind of create a whole new universe mm-hmm. using the Star Trek characters and make it plausible enough to a person go, well, what about this and what about that? That still all happened, but it happened in that uni- in that dimension. This is now in the J.J. Abrams dimension. Right. And you kind of go, holy mackerel, he damn you! <laughs> like, oh! Because I knew there were some Star Trek people, just, you know, fans that are obsessed with the, the series just kind of sitting there arms crossed going I don't want to like it James Tiberian Kirk no it didn't happen <laughs> you know you're right it didn't happen there right but it happened here and you can't dispute that because they've already known with the whole guard, you know like the alternate dimensions and different timelines it's plausible right and they just kind of go you got us <laughs> <laughs> well I think I think the J. James version is a good end cap for the whole thing I mean of course they're making another one and I, I'm looking forward to seeing it Oh, I'm I can't wait to see it. I'm, right. I'm on fro- froth at the bath. But I mean, like, if, if, if you were introducing somebody for the first time, like you were asking... You see, the reason why I say that's a good movie to start off with because it introduces you to all the characters. Mm-hmm. And then hand them um, the original series. Okay. So they're familiar with Kirk, Spock. They see Leonard Nimoy as old Spock. Now you get to see him as young Spock. Okay. You know, so you can kind of see, like... Like, okay, well, who is Spock? You have that central character that you can kind of build off for further adventures of Spock. See the original series. Okay. And then from that original series, if they like it, yeah, it's dated and it's kind of corny and you're right. overacting out of anywhere. But historically, it also is the first interracial kiss on television. Right. You know, that has that behind it. Like, that's a lot of something a lot of people don't know. For the time, an interracial kiss was non-existent. Right. But, but Trek did it. And no one said anything. Like, it was like, because it was supposed to be 300 years in the future. Right. You know, if you could see Kirk boink a green chick, oh, black girl's not that bad. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, at least they ain't boinked the, bl- the green chick this week. It's a yeah. black girl, but all right. Okay, so she's got an extra arm. Kirk, he's such a study, doesn't care. <laughs> so that's the reason why that's kind of like I would use that one to kind of, if you want to know how these characters are, see the original series. Okay. To kind of loop it back that way. Mm-hmm. And then, after, these are only, like, how many episodes? Like, 73 episodes. Three seasons, I think it was. Yeah. Being, yeah. But they canceled the mid-season, I think, the third one. Oh, really? Yeah, it didn't last three, or maybe it did do three full seasons. It was supposed to be a five-year mission. Right. But they only got through the first three years. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. You know, imagine that just being Kirk, you know, on the Bridging the Enterprise, on our five-year mission, and gets a call. That guy's got to come back in. <laughs> I know you're only three years out, but you got to come back in. Why? You're too far. You're too far. Come on. <laughs> Yo. Let's come back in. <sighs> Sulu, turn us around. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and then maybe if they're interested in you know, the next generation, I'd, I'd throw at them. Because I wasn't a fan of Deep Space Nine because it really wasn't. It was all central in that space station. Well, that's the thing. I mean, which... My brother, who's a big Star Trek fan, Dave, he's uh, he he mentioned to me uh, a while ago because I used to we used to watch it on Saturdays and all, and he was into it. But he mean like I don't think he'd be into it now, like I think. But at the time, because it was the only Star Trek available, right? You know, type of thing. He, he enjoyed it. But he told me that they wrote all their scripts out like a year before, so everything was planned out. It wasn't like you know how they 
run like eight episodes and they haven't written out right. and then they get to a point where they're like okay this story arc's working let's go with this they wrote the whole season out basically okay. and they just acted it all out based on what was written out because granted I think probably some rewrites were made sure. through the year because of something's not working right. or couldn't get a prop or some kind of special effect it, you know I mean would I watch these Space Nine over and over again no no. You know, kind of thing. It's at least at least once kind of thing. I mean, it's it's one of those. It's not as exciting as Star Trek or Star Trek: Next Generation because it all centers on that, that on space, space, station. space station, right? It's like oh, if if Deep Space Nine was your corner bar, and it's like Cheers, <laughs> except not as funny. <laughs> you know, I laughed. I mean, I I mean for Cheers, I love Cheers. But I'm just talking about like Deep Space Nine. Not like not Deep Space Nine. Oh, <laughs> uh, I call it Deep Fried Nine for some reason. I, I just. It always just seemed to kind of like we need a Star Trek, um, Star Trek in a bar. <laughs> That's it. That'll work. We'll make it a giant space station. All the wacky adventures in a space station. <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Voyager, um, I thought was a nice concept. Concept them getting lost in space. Yeah, it got pushed all the way in the yeah. Delta Quadrant, and they're you know, basically to get back it was, home. It's lost in space. <laughs> <laughs> Let's lost in space. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> danger, 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 Will Robinson. And let's on the way back home. Let's pick up a hot blonde. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically Jerry Ryan's role. Yeah. We'll pick up a hot blonde in a tight gray uniform. <laughs> She's got a couple of gadgets attached to her face, but not to cover the face because she was so beautiful. Just, just a little thing over her eye, kind of like an eyepiece, you know. <laughs> so you can still see she was smoking hot, and then get her the tightest possible outfit possible. <laughs> what if she could breathe in that thing? I'll have to ask you next time I see her. Because <laughs> her and I were buddies. Because she's on that show, Body of Proof, which is, you know, supposed to be in Philadelphia. So I'm sure she's around here somewhere. <laughs> we'll drive around slow. Lights out. Jerry! <laughs> Jerry Ryan, where are you? Jerry Ryan! Hello? Seven of nine? Peekaboo? I don't see you. <laughs> Resistance is futile. <laughs> Come out wherever you are. <laughs> Enterprise, which I really wanted to like, but I think they came in the little problems because it's supposed to be it's supposed to predate the original the series. whole thing, the whole thing, and yet they're dealing with contraptions that are probably too modern. It was too modern looking, right, or too futuristic looking to kind of balance out the if you're supposed to be before Enterprise, you know, the Star Trek, right. Yeah, so I think that's when they switched up the whole t like time wars kind of thing, mm -hmm. where they were jumping from one time to another, or one alternate dimension to another to try to stop, to try to keep it fresh. But get hoping that oh, the time travel episodes always seem to work. Well, let's make a whole season about that <laughs> until finally someone went, yeah, okay, I'm tired enough of the time travel. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Loop around the sun, you're back in time. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, they tried, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, and it's and it's 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 you get to a point where it's just like, what else can we do? It, it got <laughs> you know? five years out of it. Yeah, it got you know most of the, with the exception of the original series, the other three, uh, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, all had seven years. All they said they they've expanded from a five year mission to seven year missions, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Enterprise was supposed to have seven years too. It just didn't wasn't getting the ratings, so they just cut it off at five. Okay. At least they gave it an ending series. Like it wasn't just like a yeah, we're not renewing you guys this yeah. year. They kind of did it. I'm I'm a fan of letting a show have its own ending rather right. than just kind of cutting off where you're left with the well, what happens next kind of feel. Yeah, that's you know, I would. Say, but the movies, I can't wait for the second one to come out. Yeah, like, it should be good. I saw a poster for it. Didn't give it much information, but it looked pretty damn awesome. You know? I mean, you know, I mean, I did really enjoy it. I mean, it's it was one of those movies because it's like finally Star Trek's back on the big screen. You know, you get you get to see it, and it's like, oh, and you're now it's like, I wish there was a TV show now to watch it. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Got the young hip crowd going. Yeah, <laughs> young Kirk, young Spock. You know, it's great. I, you know, I'm a fan. I wasn't. I gotta be honest. I wasn't too much of a fan of the. I thought it was confusing. Not confusing. Let me rephrase that. Odd. The anybody who's seen the, the Star Trek movie, um, the J.J. Abrams version, the Spock Ohora relationship. As boyfriend girlfriend, like I, I didn't quite get that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if that was just something he went to add in to spice it up a bit. I, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it's just, or maybe because Kirk was too the logical choice. Like, <laughs> I, I, 
don't know. And I can't say Especially with Spock. I mean, you know, anybody who knows the Spock character doesn't really partake in... Right. It's He's he's so busy trying to fight that, that inner demon between logic and emotion that he wouldn't have time for relationship. Right. Exactly. <laughs> kind of thing. So maybe, maybe hopefully in the second one they'll either kind of end the relationship or not even bring it up kind of thing. I don't know. They might continue on with it. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Or flesh it out more. Try to understand why. Like, I can understand... How can you not be attracted to Spock? He's so gorgeous. <laughs> you know, but I mean, how can you not be attracted to the whore? Because she's, she's, Zoe is so cute. I just want to take her and hug her and squeeze her and keep her. <laughs> Reference cellophane plastic. <laughs> no. No, that's for the other people. Oh, okay. The people I don't like. Cellophane, throw them in a ditch. <laughs> so look forward to Star Trek coming to a theater to you. Well, speaking of, of, I guess, future releases, um, has there been any other movies on the horizon that you're looking forward to seeing in the next uh, year? No, not a one. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to see that. Wait, if you don't have an answer, you can't be excited. We don't have a show. <laughs> That's it, folks. See ya. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> um, sure, there's always stuff. I mean, obviously, you know... Um, got the Hobbit to look forward to. Yes. Oh, which, yeah. you know, stay tuned for a special Hobbit-centric episode after we see the movie. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Teaser. Ooh. <laughs> I want to see Dan- uh, Django Unchained. That I'm looks all, good. I'm always a Quentin Tarantino fan, so, yeah. you know, anything that he does, I'm a fan of. Jamie Foxx, I've had my issues with Jamie Foxx in the past. I really? I saw Ray. Okay. Uh, and I love the movie. Well-deserved the Oscar. Mm-hmm. But after he won that Oscar, it was like... He completely forgot that he used to dress up in a blonde wig and be Wanda on In Living Color. <laughs> it was like anything prior to Ray was non-existent to him. And he became like this whole uppity, snotty actor. Like, I'm better than everybody because I won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, dude, weeds up. You're, you're, you're Wanda. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to eat you up, baby. You know? <laughs> So, any movie that he's in, I'm always kind of like that. His real life does kind of affect my viewing of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I can, like, push it aside. Because I did like him in Dude Day, where he played Robert Downey Jr.'s friend. Um, Collateral, I thought was okay. You know, I thought that was more Tom Cruise being a bad guy I liked more than Jimmy Fox being a taxi driver. Okay. Him being Electro. <laughs> I don't, you know, for the new Spider-Man movie, I'm not really keen on. But I don't know. I mean, I could be surprised. Right. I am impressed with their they, I did read that they're introducing Harry Osborne mm-hmm. to the next one and it's played by I don't remember the actor's name but if anybody who saw Chronicle the found footage superhero movie mm-hmm. the kid who played the, who eventually becomes he, he's one of the kids with the powers who kind of takes like a dark path Right. I was like that's great because he did that so well that I could see him be Harry Osborne okay. it was very like easy I, I, if you've never seen Chronicle it's definitely at my one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time really especially when it comes to like found footage movies because I'm not a like the Blair Witch hated you know <laughs> the paranormal activities I can't stand I liked Cloverfield okay uh, you know it's like the whole found footage was like oh I pick up a camera let's play what's in it and it's all shaky cam first person perspective kind of thing mm-hmm. Chronicles that kind of a, uh, of a movie but it was like a little smarter twist right and they become like like get power, superhero powers kind of thing but it's really good and the ending they, they were real smart about how the found footage was done it wasn't just like one camera it would take like oh look I'm a person holding a cell phone I'm filming that and you kind of cut to like a shot like that so you can kind of get like wide shots okay so it was really really good really well done so that's definitely a, a top pick for like a year end movie kind of like go see that that's a good movie okay but as far as Jamie Foxx being Electro I don't know <laughs> but Django and Change I'll see I do like it's funny I'm not a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan either. <laughs> it's got two guys in it that I'm not real big fans of, but I'm seeing it because it's a Quentin Tarantino film, and the other guy that's in it, he played the Nazi leader in Inglorious Bastards. Okay. If you haven't seen that movie, again, I highly recommend it because he was so good. He won an Oscar for that role. Oh, okay. So I would I would definitely see it because of him. Oh, Plus, cool. it's a Wild West revenge flick. How can you not like them? <laughs> you know? Well, next year you got Man of Steel to look forward to. Right. I think I just saw an ad for... New James Bond movie coming out in 2014. You're kidding. Yeah. Already? I mean, it's, it's two years from now, but like they just had a poster for him. I'm like, well, that's good. Yeah. You know, two years is better than four or five. Well, he did sign on for two more. Yeah, he signed on for two more, so you got the one in 2014 and whenever the next one is. 
and then it's the search for a new bond. Yes. Maybe, unless they, you know, unless this contract says, I'll do another movie for more money. Right. <laughs> you know, depends on how well it does, I guess. But, and Man of Steel comes out. Iron Man 3 comes out as well. Iron Man 3, I think Iron Man 3, I think Thor 2. I know they're getting ready for that second wave of Avengers movies. Right. You know, so, we'll see. I, I mean, I, the trailer for Iron Man 3 makes it look really badass. Yeah. Really badass. I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting film. Of course, then... You know, two thousand. Um, you want to talk like future, future date? I'm interested in seeing how that new Star Wars movie is going to turn out. You know, <laughs> if they can find a director. But I don't know if they've, as of today's date, the December fourth. December fourth. Yeah. I don't know if they've they've they found a director for it yet. No. Because it seems to be like anybody they've approached went. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> like they even asked Ben Affleck to, if they wanted to direct the guy um, Christopher Nolan they've asked uh, David Fincher like all these high end like directors and every one of them's going nope I ain't touching it <laughs> which kind of scares me a little bit but also I think too like makes sense because Nolan has his superhero movie he doesn't need a Star Wars movie mm-hmm. David Fincher I can't see you know, he's the guy who directed Seven and The Social Network okay. uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo he doesn't he doesn't need Star Wars Right. Ben Affleck doesn't need Star Wars. Right. You need to find somebody who's Mark Sin- uh, Brian Singer doesn't need Star Wars. Right. He's got the X Men and Man, of, you know Zack Snyder. He doesn't want to do it either. He's wise because he got Man of Steel, you know, coming out. Right. So there's no real director out there going. I'll take a chance because if you think about it, this movie is going to be the most. It's going to be the movie that has to redeem the other three episodes one, two, and three. Right. So you know everybody that hated those three movies are going to be looking at this movie to knock the socks off out of it. I think this is going to be the most watched movie before it even air, like before it even uh, sure. hits a theater between <clears throat> director and these scripts that they, you know, they can leak out or any information, <clears throat> characters, uh, that kind of thing, like the storyline, anything well, like that. Well, People are going to be eating good, it up. Well, the good thing about Disney is Disney, just because they bought it, they also know, like, look. Just because we own it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to run it. You know, we put the people who were good at their jobs, we let them do their job. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, some Disney exec's going to go, you know what, we need to put some mouse ears on that guy. <laughs> you know, have a, um, have a Finding Nemo character. Kind of, They're not going to do that because they know, how to, they know how to market. Here's the thing. In almost every, I don't know, almost every movie, but pretty much most every movie that they have, they put a Henny Mickey in the film. There's always like a pair of Mickey ears. Okay, somewhere. maybe the animated stuff, but No, they did it in Tron. Really? Yeah, Tron Legacy they did and the original Tron they yeah, did. You have well. to spot it for me because I mean, okay, it's a hidden Mickey, so it's I don't even know what exactly. Once and it's very small. It's not like it's predominant through the movie type thing, but you <laughs> see not it. like a giant Death Star Mickey ears. <laughs> <laughs> moon that's no moon. Oh hi Oh well to the Death Star. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just can't, you know. <laughs> just that's not gonna happen. I, I, or you see the Death Star move in, and there's two moons. <laughs> right, yeah, it passes in between. It looks like giant, like the bad symbol, like Mickey ears. Yep. Or it's a empire of laughter, an empire of. <laughs> so it's, it's why we're here. It's a small world playing a music version of the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> was that Tinkerbell? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. What the hell's that? Tink 5, sign it in. <laughs> Tink 7, sign it in. <laughs> hey, yeah, I just can't see that happening. Yeah. Ooh. Pluto. <laughs> it's not a planet anymore. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Yeah. <clears throat> Very disappointed on the whole Pluto being demoted from a planet. Bastards. All my education with damn tubes. <laughs> My whole childhood, all my science facts from my childhood are now pointless. <laughs> Irrelevant. They're just non-existent. <laughs> Nine planets? No. Eight planets. And junk. <laughs> junk. <laughs> but Pluto, not a planet. <laughs> but I have a Pluto doll. Not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, that'll, run, that'll wrap us up for this uh, edition of... But this will round up another episode of Geeksters. I'm your host, Sean. I'm your host, Ed. And as always, you know, tune in next week for a new episode. And as always, hit our Facebook page, Geeksters, or our website, which is wordswithgeeks.com. You can email Ed and I at that site. It's sean at wordswithgeeks.com or ed at wordswithgeeks.com. 